The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We are here today in our dungeon for D&D. We didn't want to move the cameras we're filming this week, which is why we're in the dungeon also. Dungeon cast. Yes, I don't have a great voice, so I apologize. But let's get right into it. Logan Paul Crypto Zoo. For those of you who don't know, last year Logan Paul launched a crypto project. It did not go according to plan, to say the least. We'll be uh, elucidating some of those details for those of you who don't know. He was called out by someone on the internet who makes videos calling out scammers. Logan responded to that person angrily, threatening to sue him and take him to court based on the things that he said. The details are kind of important, but we can get to those. What I think is most fascinating is the psychology behind all of it. And I, there may be a video here for Charisma on Command, but mm. let me know what you guys think. First thing is this. In Logan's defense of this uh, universally agreed to have failed project that cost the, his most ardent fans money who like believed him bought in and did not sell, um, and they were harmed by that belief, is this asymmetry of what most people want in leadership. Mm. Most people think they want to be leaders because what they like is when other people in their organization work without them knowing, they get credit. And they mostly want, most of them want financial credit. Some people feel like they need the verbal credit, but other people don't. They all, in my experience, want the equity of the company or the big fat paycheck. And they're totally, myself included, content and feel deserving of that money and they don't go, well, I didn't know what that guy was doing. You know, I didn't know that he worked so hard to make that code. They go, no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm the leader. I coordinated that. That's my responsibility, and I deserve the fruits of that labor. This project went south, and the response from Logan was, I hired somebody who hired those guys. I didn't even hire them um, directly, and that's what I get for trusting the guys that I trusted and he didn't apologize to anyone, didn't say that's my fault. He said, that's what I get. Like, it was very much a victim mentality of how he was taken advantage of and he didn't make money on this project and he lost his investment that he had, he had spent on it. And I thought that that was fascinating mm -hmm. because early in the, um, the CoffeeZilla video, there are leaked text messages of the day where this project went live, where the market capitalization of this project went to $120 million dollars. First day, this is a project that he knows at this point is photoshopped images uh, and is not very functional in a lot of ways. Um, was when it goes to 120, then down to 40, he is angrily on text message with his team. Something's fucked up. What's going on? Wasn't angry that it hit 120? Wasn't perturbed that it hit 120 million? Wasn't freaked out and said, holy shit, there must be a mistake? was angry that it didn't stay there. And I think that is indicative of what I just, this asymmetry of like, look, when things are going well, I can close my eyes and take credit for fucking anything. Watch me. I can pretend that I had a lot to do with this $120 million day one venture um, or day one of launch venture. But when things go south, not me. I, you know, time to point the figure. So I, that, that was disappointing. Did you want to comment anything on that? No, no, no. I thought the same thing it was uh 
he shed responsibility when it related to him and it was time for him to be the leader in you created this company. Where does the buck stop? Does it stop with the guy you hired? He's never heard that saying it appeared. The buck stops here. Not, and I'm gonna, I, do, I, I shouldn't pick on Logan because this is more interesting than Logan. Um, but yeah, the buck stops here was like the it was the opposite of that. It yeah. was I, it was literally I am a victim of this whole process yeah. was very strong. The energy. Um, let's talk about the shadow. So the shadow I saw, uh, in my opinion, was very, very present in both the response that Logan made in his longer podcast. And yeah. I think um, the shadow, if you're not familiar, is a psychological concept that is essentially the unconscious mind. The idea behind it is that think of the thoughts in your head. Think of the things that you want. What motivates you? How are you feeling? If you can become aware of it, you are conscious of it. But there's more to you than what you are aware of. There's a part of you that makes your heart beat. There is a part of you that dreams for you, that you're not of like, where did that come from? Why did I, why did I, the th where, where is the place from which thoughts pop into your head? Where do those come from? Um, and there's also tons of motivations of which you are not socially acceptable or even personally acceptable for you to know about yourself that get relegated to this shadow so that you could still live with them, but not be made aware of them. Um, and what I saw in Logan Paul's response was a tremendous amount of unintegrated shadow. Uh, and what I mean by that is that he seemed unwilling to recognize what seems very obvious from afar is that it is, he is very money motivated, <laughs> like deeply, deeply money motivated, moved to Puerto Rico to save on taxes, level money motivated start a crypto project at peak cryptomania, launch it when you know it's not ready, money motivated. $120 million landed in my lap and I'm not disturbed by that money motivated. But when it doesn't work, that I, how could I, you know, how could I have known? Um, and that level of, I'm not saying that he also wasn't interested in making things, you know, or building things, but like, it seems pretty obvious if you look at how much money he has and the things that he has done that he is not what you might call like a mission-inspired entrepreneur. Mm. A huge motivator for this guy is money, and I am not placing judgment on that. Where that gets dangerous is the level to which he is not acknowledging that because what happens is when you have a motivation, whether it's you want to have sex with beautiful people, you want to make, like, these are human things, by the way. You want to make a lot of money. You want to be high status. Very normal. Nothing wrong with that. And those do not have to be uh, pursued in ways that cause collateral damage. They, I, I think there's a lot of ways to meet all of those needs in a fairly healthy manner. Hmm. When you don't acknowledge that you have those needs, desires, and wants, and you insist that you are not like that, what often happens is that you will find ways that do damage other people, hide the fact that you're responsible for the damage that you do, so that you can maintain this image of yourself as, in Logan's case, not being deeply money motivated, and also pick projects that you think will make you the most money with the least amount of work, which is, uh, this is, I'm going to cast a judgment, pretty much what a lot of NFTs and crypto space is. Not all, um, the vast majority, uh, and I think that's being exposed now and becoming higher awareness before i go on is there anything that you want to say to that 
Uh, what's important to me is to ground this in where we're coming from, which was Logan's response felt reactionary and a lot of shadow, mm. which was I felt in receiving his message was very like puffed up chest, yeah. like moved right past like saying any sorries. Uh, what I felt from him was in the moments where he said, I, this really ruined me for a couple of weeks, quickly moved past back to, yeah, how dare you? This guy hurt me. I'm back to the victim. If you want to challenge me, challenge me. You don't even know that this, uh, you know, project is still going. And so that's where I'm trying to ground it is like, you're feeling for me right now, like very, was the right word, esoteric. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to ground it in, we're getting this. Uh, info from his his response video specifically of like the podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that. So it was the po there was one there was anger in his thing. He's yep. going to sue this guy. I will see you in court. There is a, I mean the right the right word is auto rage rage and 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 so there's there's terms for this uh, that I'm not a clinical anything, but uh, expert react feels feels appropriate. Narcissistic wounding mm. and a narcissistic rage as a result of that. Um. By the way, I think that the term narcissist is widely misunderstood. I think it should be applied far more often than it is. You can apply it to aspects of my own life and, and, and a lot of other people. I don't say this to put him in a category of unsavable or salvageable, but to take this um, known, you know, documented type of behavior and give it a name. And I think narcissistic wounding and narcissistic rage is a big one. So a narcissistic wound is when your image of yourself is fractured generally publicly Oof. and the pain that that causes and what typically kicks in to cover that pain is narcissistic rage i think one of his biggest which he is there's no room to refute this within his group mm -hmm. within himself is that he is a creator who cares about his community yes that feels like the number one thing where like no one can question that. question that one that is number one i felt yes. which was like we're not allowed to touch on that one yeah and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up so what i saw reflected which i was blown away that he posted the things that he did his out of touchness with how things would be responded to and you would assume he took a week or more of the people around him the complicity and the group agreement that he has set up around him seems to be reflective of his internal system of there's not a lot of room for second guessing there's not a lot of room for hey man are you sure you're being a good person because i'm i'm not detecting that in your behavior right now He's got one friend, George, that God bless him on the podcast, played that role in a very loving way. Mm -hmm. um, he was not really received. <laughs> it was pretty clear that that it, it didn't make it through and that that was an obligatory. It's kind of like when Fox News brings on a Democrat. <laughs> it was like it was like, yeah, we, we, we got one of those guys. Yeah. Um, mm, mm, yeah. 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 And but it was dismissed energetically very quickly. And I think probably because of the deep fear that some of it might point to things that are true, yeah. which is that I have, not that I am a bad person, but that I have acted without my audience's best interests in mind, that I have behaved in a way that is selfish. That doesn't mean that I am purely this thing, but yeah. that I that I have that in my history. And that I did it unconsciously to come mm -hmm. back to the shadow, which is yeah. like, 
You didn't intentionally want to rip off your audience. You didn't have any malice, which is what you say in your response video. Yeah. Uh, but a byproduct of your shadow is that a lot of people are felt. <laughs> yeah. Without their eggs working or yeah. uh, the, active product. There was only the one guy, George, was able, and there's only three, so Logan and another guy, but like to go, do you understand how other people might feel? Like, let's just pretend they're all wrong. Yeah. Can you empathize? And I didn't see a lot of space for that. One, in, in, in the fact that he landed where he landed with his response showed very little, if any, empathy. And then the, you know, 20, 30-minute conversation they had about it on the podcast, I didn't see any empathy. It was... I have no doubt in my mind he does not like himself right now, though. Yes. Which and is, so this, this is weird. Go ahead. So this is the thing with narcissists. And that I think that is misunderstood. And not, narcissistic behavior spectrum on which we all lie. It's not a, it's not a, just a simple category of person. The more deep you get into these moments of your life where you are narcissistic, it's not that you don't care about other people. It's that empathizing with them creates so much pain that it is no longer an option that you have behaved in a way or for some other reason that feeling somebody else's experience would be so painful to you that you just can't do it anymore. And I th and that's where I see him. Yeah. Is like, bro, if I were to sit and think and give credence to the people that say I have hurt them and really allow that to become felt and true for me to the, like... That would be too heartbreaking for me to stomach. And so it's not that he, you know, people can go their whole lives without developing that empathetic capacity. It's not that it's not there, I don't think. I think that it's it's a very heavy lift at this point for him, especially, you know, with all this stuff going around. Um, so that's my thing. We mentioned narcissistic wounding. I'll come back to this. So when people are in these narcissistic rages, there's a couple of things that can happen. Um, the first is in this straw manning and mishearing of criticisms. Ooh. Fucking crazy. It was, bro, it's the reality distortion. Wild. I mean, so <laughs> CoffeeZilla makes this particular claim that there's a multiple blockchains or um, I'm not even familiar with the tech, but he I watched the video or watched this part of this video again. And he says that on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, hatching wasn't working. And then Logan takes his argument and says, CoffeeZilla said that hatching wasn't working. Uh, wrong. One second of, in of research would have showed. And then he showed a clip. I didn't. Some other guy found this on the Internet of a guy doing the hatching. While on that guy's screen, it says that Ethereum hatching is down at the time. No way. Bro. No way. Yes. Go watch it. Go tell me I'm crazy. Oh, Go tell me I'm crazy, dude. It's just like, to, oh, he's fighting that. windmills, man. You called me a scammer. You, you think I intentionally, you think I, and he says, it's crazy to me. This is Logan's voice. The people think that I am in Puerto Rico with like a cork board asking how to scam people. It's like, no, Logan. Nobody thinks you have a corkboard, number one, or that even metaphorically you are sitting there devising ways to scam people. They just don't think you care if your audience loses. That is demonstrated through your behavior. Nobody thinks that this is the point of what you're doing. Nobody thinks you're an evil 
person whose purpose is to hurt others, they think you don't mind. They think it's not a primary thing. And like that fundamentally, the mishearing of criticism, morphing it to something that can be combated, classic. And moving the goalpost where he's safe. Where he is safe to, to, to having, to setting up a straw man to which he can sustain himself again. His other straw man, um, just to pick on him a little bit. I mean, we're picking on him a lot. Let's just say it like. But it's reflective of our own lives, which mm -hmm. is like when I have examples, I've done this in my life where I will change the rules of argument so that they benefit me in a <coughs> quick eight, eight word throwaway. But for him specifically was. He said, and the artwork wasn't that bad. If you ask somebody walking down the street and you showed them on a napkin or a picture, a picture of just two animals slammed together versus what we made, they'd probably say mine is like really well done. And it's like, how did we move so far from NFT beautiful artwork handmade into I have to find someone on the street who thinks your artwork is better than crap. Which yeah, quick. We, yeah. We've now pinned down to crap. Yeah, mine we've is better also, than garbage when not sold. When not versus this is going to be a revolutionary, amazingly fun game with incredible art. It's like nobody said that it's not better than some random thing. It's just not that much better. So and key in to these moments where yeah. people have moved goalposts so far away from the uh, original argument, which is, did you hurt your audience? Did you yeah. deliver on the product you sold people? Mm -hmm. And uh, it might show you a little bit of yourself when you do this. It's like my argument with uh, eating meat is like I always just say chickens were dinosaurs at one time and that therefore I can eat them now, which is like the stupidest argument you can't argue with and allows me to hide behind this straw man thing where it's just like I've, I'm clearly not receptive, not receptive to, to uh, hearing about it right now. Yeah. Um, and then before I... Yeah, go ahead. I, there's another part I want to tap, tap Well, so if, if there's other mishearing criticisms you want to do, I have a, like a list. This would be my correspond command list of like how to spot this sort of oh, moment yeah, yeah. in people's mind. And I'm still developing. I mean, I just wrote this for a moment after watching it for a second time. Um, again, all of these are very subtle because there are times where some of this is appropriate. And, you know, it's very subtle and is, is what I can say with this. But there was a lot of victim in it. His experience and his suffering was pointed to on a number of occasions. I got everything stolen, took all the heat, and you still published defamatory hit points. It sucks that after years of personal reform, going through trials and tribulations and busting my ass to evolve, like how hard it is for him. Not a word, Henry. He sat in his room hating how, oh, not yeah. a word about other people, man. And I think that is reflective of how much it would hurt to tap into to tap into the pain group. of what he, the way that he set up his community to hurt out of unconscious greed mm -hmm. and that's not a guy with a corkboard that's a guy who's who tells himself i'm making pokemon which is you know and tells himself, yeah, this guy that came in, I don't need to check him. And he promises me 120 minutes. Like, you, and I'm going to jump around. The projection is another thing. And you can't, it's always tough because projection is one of those words. It's unfortunate. Like, it's like a cudgel sometimes. Yeah. You're just projecting on him. <laughs> it's, it's, how can you tell, right? Like, in a situation, you have, you have to be sincere. Well, it's not, the word projection, I don't think works in an argument. 
because I go, you're projecting. You go, no, you're projecting. But it does work with oneself as a like, look, I want to know my own internal mechanisms. Can I identify this in myself and maybe other people around me? Not to use it to win in an argument, but to try to discern the truth, if that's my honest aim. This line, he's talking about Coffeezilla in his video. Or did you just hear what you wanted to hear and move on? Because even if you're lying to yourself, you still have to believe it. It's like, Logan, Logan, you know all the Letter to himself, you man. You know all the answers, man. The work is looking him in the eye. There's a book, The Work, by Byron Katie, which is you take the things that you're saying about other people, and even when it doesn't make sense, you turn it around on yourself. Ooh, that mirror is not a fun place. Not a fun place. And there's times where it's not as on the nose as this, but you can still get, you know what, like, that person abandoned me. Like, literally, like, they walked out on you. And you're like, I abandoned that person. It's like, you know what? In my heart, I have stopped loving them. I've walked away from the love of the innocence of their heart because I was hurt. You know what I mean? And so you're able to find, like, a metaphorical truth to it. Yeah, yeah. This is way, way more direct (laughs) than that. And it's there for him if he wants to take a look at it. And I think that there is, people are like, there is... uh, there's growth and evolution in front of him if he wants to to do this stuff. Um, so that was another thing I mentioned. Yeah, man, not speaking about the people who lost money at his recommendation based on his say-so, based on his hyping this up. Um, no airtime. Getting the other narcissistic rage, the aggressive posturing about all of it. There was a number of like, I'll see you in courts. He can't come here and face me. He can't like, which I believe is how he deals with his own internal critic he steamrolls critics in the world and he also steamrolls the part of him that says slow down i don't know if this is right he just says i'm a good guy i'm a like and it's dangerous because there's a goldilocks zone of like i think there is i take that back there's not a goldilocks zone i think what one wants in life is not merely a belief that one is good or bad but an actual felt experience of the core of your own being. Um, and I've been trying to get to that, and I've touched into that on a couple of times, and it's a, it's a tremendous relief when you can get there. And you're like, and I believe this is true for everybody, even people on death row that are rightfully convicted, which is when you can get to the core of who you are and feel the goodness of that, it then allows you to say yes to the ways in which you may have harmed other people and not have to shy away from it because it condemns you to your own worst judgment of yourself even if and and like you have are a person who in your life history has done horrible things it becomes much easier to say yes to those without condemnation when you have these spiritual felt senses of like your inner core of goodness um but if you don't have that which i don't think he does what you have is a a shell a very tough shell of I'm certain I'm good. You want to get that? You're going to say that to me? Because I worked damn hard on this. I have done, and all of it, it's like, yo, that, that ain't it, man. That is someone who is deeply afraid of the truth of what is being leveled against them. Yeah. And it's okay to be afraid of the truth. And there are times in your life where people are going to gaslight you. You don't want to shy away from, if there's uncertainty in you, lying about it ain't going to help in the long term. Yeah. Like, own that you're not certain 
own that you're not so invite that out in people that you love and trust now this is again a hard like how do you know who to trust because if you're surrounded by people that don't that aren't good for you they'll just gaslight you in order to protect themselves and tell you that you're bad in the ways that they want you to think that you're bad so that you'll do more for them this shit is all very very difficult and there's not a five-step thing i could tell you to figure out if you're in a safe relationship where you can open up and do all of these things well this is hard one wisdom to talk to speak to your point you just made and show that there's actually a reflection occurring within him he tells the story of the airplane or the letter yeah which is a reflection that he is dealing with some struggles that you just mentioned of not believing you want to tell the story good guy i don't know it exactly i'll tell but i just i'll tell the story for, for context so he says that during this you know there was a multi-part release of this he was on an airplane and a kid gave him a note and he read the note and it said logan i want you to know that at a difficult time in my life your videos made me laugh and got me through it um i think you've got a really good heart and i uh i hope i see that shining through like i love you you know and he teared up and he cried and he's it, it meant a lot to him and the beauty of him being able to be there for that kid without really realizing it and then also that kid giving him that note without really realizing what it meant to him the beautiful reciprocity of that circle touched him and that's beautiful and the fact that it was so needed at that time yeah. is worth exploration beyond the internet got it wrong man i've been maligned it was hurtful to hear because i can tell how much pain he's in yeah and I all they got in that podcast for an hour and a half was bravado. And it's like, that that was it, man. You're unsure mm. if you're a bad guy. Yeah. And a stranger moved you to tears with six words mm-hmm. because he spoke to it and said, you might not be a bad guy. You helped me. And he went, I, I'm not. I'm for a second. Yeah. He believed he wasn't. And you know what's so fucking hard, man? With, again, narcissistic spectrum of which we find our, ourselves at various times deeper into the narcissistic end. How do you get out of that? Well, it's not just, I mean, I'll say, like, it's not just people telling you that you have a good heart. Ooh. And it's not just people calling you a piece of shit either and saying that you scammed people. It's like, I do think, like, the bigger picture of, like, yo, Logan, you needed both of these. You needed angry, sometimes vindictive people to call you out and say that you had fucked them. Because guess what, man? This happened over a year ago. He harmed them, and there wasn't a big internet stink. And he just moved, not just moved on. He was weird. He hadn't been as broken up about it until this month, until it became a public fiasco, you know, was disappointed or upset or wanted to work on it some more, but didn't really hold the weight or even begin to, and I don't know that he is now, um, until the public call out. And so it's like, man, how do you help these traits in yourself? Well, you need... It seems like equal parts. I see the goodness in you, and also, man, you know, I see the, I see the fucking badness as well. Um, and and the goodness runs deeper. Is I think the tough thing to remember, which in my experience is generally, in my experience, true. Mm-hmm. Um, though I don't have a real deep experience with the dark side of humanity, so I don't, I don't really know. So the other thing. Um, the absolute lack of, and I, I, the near or total, I don't know if, it, if there was a tiny bit of internal reflection, even a, hey guys, you know, um, I should have been more communicative about this whole thing in the last year. Like even just taking a willingness externally to recognize, we don't know what was going on internally. 
but his representation of himself externally in this podcast. And I just want to draw that. He knew he was making his first two public statements since this video. And the lack of strategic planning is mind-numbing and is indicative, again, not of a psychopath who is operating from cold, hard logic to manipulate people, but of a wounded, emotional, narcissistic rage which is devoid of any sort of adult strategy that is just Reactive. forceful, reactionary rage which can work in certain environments. And I believe this is what's a shame. He has built a circle around him of people that adapt to his narcissistic rage most of the time or they don't last or, or they don't last or they or they get out or they have a falling out for a period of time or that you know what i mean like um and uh because if it was a psychopathic thought a psychopath would have come to i i've got to take some responsibility or people aren't going to accept this apology even if they didn't feel it in their heart they would have known that this is not the route to go that these are such flimsy defenses and accusations about the guy who said something about you that you have not addressed the court like he, the complete lack of strategy from him and his team does show me that there is something going on there in terms of emotional reactivity that is um you know it's it's it'll be good it'll it'll hopefully cause some some growth um but yes we got shadow we got narcissistic wounding. What else do we want to talk? There was so much in that. Um, there's one that I that I just yeah, read go about. Ahead. So, I think this is for you out there, dear viewer. Um, the words that wasn't my intent are incredibly complicated because I see broadly people use these incorrectly in two different ways. The first way that they use it incorrectly is the way that I saw Logan use it, which was like, it wasn't my intent, therefore I don't have responsibility to this, and because I wasn't conscious of this motivation, I can disown my own shadow. Which is to say, what I believe happened if I was to draw a diagram is that in Logan's shadow is a number of things in his unconscious. I want a lot of money, I want it quickly, I want to think of myself in a positive light. Um, but he hides that, you know, I really want a lot of money and I don't really care who it hurts if I need to get it. Um, or it's just, that's not even a thought. It just isn't present. It's just not a top concern. It's not I don't care. It's just an absence of that. That exists in his shadow and he's not aware of that being an intent that he had to hurt other people. So therefore, if people got hurt through him meeting his needs, well, that wasn't my intent and you, your criticism presumes that I must have intended to and so you can't criticize that nor should I be held responsible and I think that's the first way which is like there are times in your life where it is not your intent but you cause collateral damage through your own selfish blinders where it is 100% your responsibility to own it or maybe it's 80% and it's 20 you know like but you've got to take responsibility step up and own it that's the first way um, the other way is that people will never give themselves the credit of that wasn't my intent. Which is when they win? I mean, um uh when they have harmed someone, they go, fuck, I must be a piece of shit. I must be you know, I I I, I there is evil in me. Like 
I see this tendency in myself, quite honestly. Okay. Like a lot of people have told me at various points of my life, like, dude, you didn't mean to do that. I was like, it doesn't matter that I didn't fucking mean to. We've talked about our history of like shit that I did or didn't do when I was a young guy. Young guy, a kid with you. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you didn't, you weren't old enough. You didn't know. I was like, it didn't matter. I, that's my responsibility. I can't. And I think you can also carry too much responsibility for things and me not exploring what was my intent in those earlier times oh, of my no. life to not even explore the intent yes as of yes as a to go it doesn't make it so for me mechanism yes. working in the opposite direction exactly. to not explore intent even though you are beating yourself up and taking more responsibility yes. than you should it's actually yes i think what i have done broadly is i've been harmed in my life by the not my intent types and so in an attempt to not be like them I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what intent is. If it's caused by me, it's, it's owned by me. Yeah. And if I was there, it's mine. And I got to fucking take care of that so as not to be like that. And I do think that there's, I need to, and have not totally gotten there, extend more like intent does matter. It really does matter. Just because people have used this phrase to escape from responsibility doesn't mean that you should stop exploring what your intent was, conscious and otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had the mistaken belief for a period in my life, a long period, which is, I don't care what your intent was. What was the outcome? Somebody yeah, get yeah, hurt? Yeah. Somebody yeah. get hurt? Well, then you fucking did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, those are the broadly the two ways. Um, is there something else that we wanted to touch on? Uh, this guy on the basketball court called me dishonorable. <laughs> did he really? Really fucked with me. <laughs> Am I dishonorable, <laughs> sir? Uh, he apologized after the game. Wait, sincerely? Up. Sincerely. He used the he used so let me let me insult dishonorable. Down, dishonorable. Yeah, and then another guy said, "Wow, dude, big word." <laughs> um, but I think this actually has some nuances into the um, Logan Paul reaction and response because I then argued with him in my head driving home, which was like I uh, felt like a little bit like Logan Paul arguing to the fan <laughs> base about how he's not uh, a scammer. So, anyways. Um, ball went out of bounds and he said it was out on me I said it was out on him he said it's not out on me I said I saw it go out on you he's like dude you know that did go out on you and I was like I think it did and he's like that's even dishonorable that you would say that which is a stupid argument because I could say the same about him mm -hmm. about the, the dishonor and it caused some I, that's all that's as long as it did it, you see it go out on him I mean a 20% chance it went out on him and 80% chance it went on me but I've just <laughs> every time the ball goes out I yeah. tapped the ball he reached for it I thought he might have touched it yeah. and he said no it did go out on me I said and that is long. That's as long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you didn't put it on him. You Yeah, yeah. I understand. Uh, that's as much as I argued. But then he said dishonorable. And then, of course, other kids always are talking in terms yeah. of the game. And they got in a fight about it. And then he apologized after the game. But I was like uh, mulling it over my head. This like, why does this one affect me? Um, well, I mean, I can tell. I, I don't know. I know why it affects me. I was. Why does dishonorable mean more than you're a hack or you're a foul or you yeah, yeah, don't yeah. shoot well? And it's because... I do pride myself on not calling fouls if if, mm -hmm. if, if so, uh, as being like a friendly guy on the court, blah, blah, blah. And so that actually hit on that, that like intention I have of being a, I don't call it honorable player, but being, you know, not scamming my audience, being a good guy. Um, and so, yeah, um, learned a lot. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Well, I think it's, and this is what's tough, is that you carry 
and insecurity about maybe in just a small way let's just reduce to the basketball court about your honor as a basketball player or whatever and i think it's tough because often in basketball you don't know who it went out on your brain is instantly trying to convince you that it went that you know what i mean like yeah. like especially as the game gets tight like your vision like your shade, yeah, yeah and you don't want to be that way but yet you are and there's clear divisions in teams here yeah yeah not on your team yes and like and there is inherently i want to win and i can't tell when my perceptions sometimes are getting in the way of that and i'm uncertain of that and there probably are times where if you really pushed hard you would go I fucking pointed the other way when I knew it wasn't that because there was a ref. And especially when there's a ref, then everybody just goes, well, I can outsource my honor uh, to that guy in the stripes. That, like, uh, let's just, you're in charge of it. And my job is merely like a court of law to advocate for my side. Yes. Um. And yeah, and what is tough is like you carry a, a bit of insecurity around that. It can get activated. And this is the thing, insecurity around something, whether it's your looks, your honorability, did you scam your audience, does not actually imply that you went one way or another. Like if you're insecure about your looks, it doesn't imply that you are either beautiful or ugly. If you're insecure about having scammed your audience, it doesn't imply that you did or didn't. Mm. Um, what it implies is that there is value for you to have a deep look yeah to go to go deep into that and you might conclude one way or another but that um you're you're uncertain <laughs> at a core level yeah of it and and that actually doesn't uncertainty does not imply one way or another. yeah yeah um anything else about this that's or? just uh in in relation to the logan paul thing to tie a knot on it is where i saw him rush past which was he was uncertain in himself and he rushed past that too What's more safe is bravado and calling out and um, no one touch on the fact that I may have harmed my audience because I said I never do. Yeah. Um, and not really introspective in the ways where he might have. And uh, he, I'm not asking you to own your I, everything, but uh, it's clear that there's no receptivity into yeah. some of his core drives around the type of creator he is, a visionary. I mean, the words he used, I don't yeah. harm my audience. I don't give a shit about money. It's like, well, I don't know that he said those exact words, so let's not put them in his mouth. But he, he strongly you. indicated that he doesn't do things for money, that that wasn't his primary drive, that yeah. he's not going to make any... And it's like, this project is, has got money written all over it, man. Like, an NFT in 2021 is pretty... Yeah. Like, you want to make... That it, didn't work out. You want to make a game where you can breed things. Make a game. Well, that would cost $10 million, $20 million, and maybe not work out. But, like, I mentioned, you know, that would be... Stardew Valley, you know, yeah. that's a guy who wanted to make a game and took seven years to make it and didn't release it until he thought it was 100% ready. You, this, this is the other thing is like, I don't know how to get through to someone like this because there is no receptivity. What I saw. Yes. I was like, I was like, dude, if, if I was there on that podcast, you do no convincing. I would be useless, useless, useless. And it's like, what can get through to this person? Well, this is what I saw in George, which was like compliment sandwich to start. Well, yeah, you try your best to get a crack yeah. in. I'm not an enemy, not an enemy, not an enemy. But what about those guys who are hurt? And it's like, yeah. No. And, they, and then they cut that part. Yeah. Podcast when George made a criticism, said you guys can't point fingers. They cut because I, I suspect, who knows, that they pointed fingers at each other and said, well, that that for the dev team that they yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, but it is true that, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, that, and what do you do? Like, unfortunately, when, when there's a lack of receptivity, only immense suffering, it seems like, can can break through. Um, but also, and this is, the, this is the other thing, I don't have a clear answer. It's like, you, as Logan Paul, as me, as anyone, do not want to be receptive to the internet. It is not a healthy place for you yeah. to be open to the criticisms of the internet. Yeah. They are, by and large, projections of the audience placed on you, yeah. Logan Paul, as the avatar of their high score bully, yeah. or the guy that succeeded when he shouldn't have, or that jerk who did whatever. And like you, it is a good heuristic to tune that shit out. Except sometimes there's useful information in yeah, it. What do you do? Um, and so how do you know when? Like, it's um, it's unclear. Nobody wants to have a group of friends around them either who is going to constantly just like naysay and nitpick and say, are you sure about that or not believe or get in the way? Like, that's not how large things are built yeah. that, are, that are long shots. If you surround yourself with the average opinion of a long shot, you'll never get a long shot. You right. Know, like, you need to be around crazy people who think crazy things can happen, like you can become Logan Paul in the first place. Yeah. To, to do that. You come from And so that strategy of, of ignoring everyone and just hanging out with these guys and only the people who fully believe and only people who are on board was he working, 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 working. Uh, it broke. Strategy ain't working so good anymore. And, like, what's the heuristic there? Is, is it ignore the haters? No. Is it surround yourself? It don't surround yourself with yes men. Well, if you, you, you never would have become Logan Paul with that. So there's not a simple thing. And increasingly, as I get old, I'm a fucking old guy now. Uh, <laughs> the raspy voice with a raspy voice now, dropping in in the dungeon. <laughs> that is what wisdom is. Wisdom, I, like I was like, oh, this is why. This is why old people. This is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Period. It's like. The felt sense of when you should listen to the naysayers and when you should. Wow. Yeah. That can only, you cannot write it out. You cannot, you can only live it. And even then it'll be incomplete. And over as your life gets longer and longer and longer, that felt sense develops. But like, you can't codify that. You can't give someone a playbook, an algorithmic playbook of if you can trust or can't trust in these situations. Right. Um. And so, yeah, I've been... uh. I've been seeing these these younger generations come up and try to, just like I did in my 20s, tear down everything that came before them and get so much of it wrong and fall on their faces so many times and whether they want to tear down the political system or that. And I also, I that, that frustrates me because I mean, you guys are fucking idiots, you're wrong. But it's also like, I had to do the same thing and I was right in some regards. I had to say, fuck the nine to five and this isn't going to work. And, he, you know, uh, you can create from your heart and you don't have to, just go try to make money in a safe way. Um, and I'm sure that some of the younger generation will surprise me with what works for them. But uh, they do lack wisdom. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, experiential in a but, lot of times. Similarly, I wrote this down, but this is, um, I have mentioned this, that I've been feeling this intensely. I've really aged out of the cool generation of media like, I don't, you tell me who the top whatever musical artists are, I don't know their songs. Yeah. Um, I, like, noticed what I was watching on YouTube or whatever, and I saw 
like Russell Brand was talking to um, Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. I think his name is like Tim Robbins or something like that. Well, Tim Robbins is white-haired. You know what I mean? Just absolute. Russell Brand is totally gray. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. Like, you're 28. Yeah, these are like, these these were like, you know, that that's the guy of the biggest movie and that's Russell Brand and like, yeah, all the, it's all old heads. The markers of your- My guys. And I, I think of those, of, of dad, like going to these concerts for bands that we never heard of. You know, like the Allman Brothers are back on tour. And I was like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> the Allman Brothers, the Doobie Brothers came back to town. Let's you go, you see this shit. And uh, that's going to be me if Green Day goes around. You know what I mean? You're scream your head off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to be the man. A couple old guys, like, who, you know, can barely move. Jerry Yeah, still like watching. Um, uh, Rolling Stones, which are apparently very good, but it's like, yeah, can barely move. And I see now how um, I see the both the inability to connect with other generations and a lack of desire. Well, that's part of it is like, I don't I, I think the things that interest you are like both older than me and younger than me, deeply uninteresting. And my whole life, it felt like a normal, like who cares about kids or if, you know, what it's, what it means to be a good parent, like who cares about work and jobs. And then I kind of evolved into the caring about work without realizing it. And I see now I look beneath me and I go, oh my God, like these guys are asking the most fundamental questions about how to get a girl to like you and how to like get a cool haircut and just like shit that I do not fucking care about. Mm. And then I look above me and there are you know, whatever, people, old men yelling at the sky, complaining about how, the way that things used to be. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And my generation. The greatest generation. Yeah, this shit that'll pop up. Well, they're all. They don't work in. on. The stuff that pops up on mine is like all of these people with children, like, this is what it's, you know, being a mom be like, you know, and all this, like, oh, my God. When you're a cool. You guys, and they think they're cool. And they're so uncool to the kid that I was. Remember where we were 15 years ago making fun of the cool moms? Who are on social media. Now we're the cool mom. We're on social media being so deeply uncool. Except this is the other thing that I realized. I didn't realize when I was a kid that the stuff that my parents' generation was doing was not for my generation. It was for their peers. And so what has been nice to realize is like, oh man, as I age, there will be media that is for me. Yeah. There will be like music that is for me. It will be the Almond Brothers for dad, but yeah. like it will still exist. And m- the younger generation will think that it is f- stupid and lame. And I will think that their stuff is, um, what is the word? Naive and foolish and, you know, teenage heartbreak, like whatever. Yeah. And the cycle will continue and life goes on. And that is. It reminds me of the talk we had about Dwayne Johnson aging up with your audience and yeah. how like this nostalgia, you just can't beat, you can't beat nostalgia and things that came into your brain from six to eight yeah. as like immovable <laughs> objects of the greatest things they've ever occurred. Just, uh, Hercules is the best Disney movie I've ever seen. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly not frozen, you know? Not, no. Yeah. No way. Um, yeah. And, uh. It'll be interesting to see because we're creating something that hopefully ages up with the audience in a. In a what do you mean we're creating something with D and D? D and D is well, like that's a, the, a Disney's amazing. That's something we experience as kids that we wanted to do, and Disney is special in that way. I think in that you could it's not perfect, but like you could maybe turn Robin Hood on for some kids. You could turn on Hercules, like like, like um, Robin, Robin Hood, Little John. 
No, no, Robin Hood, like the Fox Robin Hood, the the animated Robin Hood. Oh, from like prior to my generation. Oh yeah, and it still stands. And it yeah, that it that it holds Fox up. Hits. Yeah, that it holds up for parents and kids, and then their kids later, and then like, um, that yeah, that's why they're like they're they're jumping into the three D is like this is this is going to age so quickly versus like your 2D stuff actually has some staying power. Yeah. Um, I want to make a cartoon. So let's hop over to other stuff. Speaking of projection, oh, no. we watched This Place Rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I should say it, you know, one thing that I didn't do, which maybe we'll do another time, is I sort of talked a lot about Logan and I always try to Put, pin it back to the audience what you can we'll do. turn it back to myself yeah. actually and be like look I'm, I'll take a dose of my own medicine I didn't have a chance to do like breath work this came out very recently I haven't been well we've been working a lot on D&D but if I do a breath work and I get my own shadow I'll let you guys know what came up so I don't think I've I've just let myself process it in your life um, but anyway this place rules it's uh, Andrew Callahan he does these interviews he gets out of people's way when he goes to these events and just lets them uh, kind of expose themselves uh, he did several protests and marches leading up to the January 6th riots and sort of chronicles that and the fomenting frustration. But I actually thought, I don't know, I was it didn't captivate me as much as we there was like two pieces of it. The one was he spoke to a guy early on in the documentary that was a sort of a QAnoner, Democrats or pedophiles that are having secret pedophile parties to do all this kind of stuff. He's got a, some amount of clout in that. Angry, though. Empty. And he's angry. He's angry. And he's not going to let that shit happen. And if you yeah. think he's not going to fight back. He's going to kill you with his gun. He's going to kill He's, he's going to, he, you think there's not going to be like revolution. Yeah. You know, so he's going to do this. And the, one of the last scenes is he sits with this guy and he says, hands him a. Same guy. Same guy. Hands him a photo of himself uh, being checked into prison and says, is this you uh, indicted and arrested and put into jail for many years for assaulting children and he, he makes he say, yeah that's me but you know doesn't count and you go oh my god like stated well by the guy I think what happened is that this guy is trying to make sense of how his destroyed and ruined life experiences the world his subjective world as having pedophiles in it can't find the pedophile can't find him where is where is it where is he i smell something and found him and like the only like but that's not him not the guy who went to jail for it um and that was just like man this is how this is projection like and it's a very tricky thing like is it coming from inside of you or is it coming from the outside is a very foundational question in in these circumstances and in his case think that it's probably more from the inside but i also recognize why that defense mechanism would be so sturdy and so in the face of just like this doesn't make any fucking sense like this doesn't add up like even like you're smarter than this except where you can't afford to be because your self-image would be destroyed and i think we, we mentioned the shadow i didn't get to say this is that part of what it does is it keeps you from the horrible experience of cognitive dissonance when you realize that you are not the type of person that is socially or personally acceptable because let's say for instance that you are um i'll just take an example like you're a republican and you're this you grew up in a christian town and you're gay like if you can 
You got to put your own desires into your unconscious without realizing it. But then you're kind of obsessed with dudes, fucking dudes. It's kind of like an obsession that you have. And it's a really bad thing. You know that because you grew up in a really religious community. So now you got to crusade against it while you're going to Cabo to do your your stuff. And like it gets the more that you resist it, the more that you have to outwardly shut it down in the world because well, it just gets louder and louder in your own experience. I think this guy is a great example of that because <laughs> in the uh, interview, he says a term that's a prison term for a pedophilia guy. And, and now that just clicked with me as you were saying that, which is like, there is no room to be the pedophile person in a prison. Yeah. From what I understand, and I know prison life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is you the worst thing you can be is a well, pedophile. You, you don't know prison life. No, it's a joke. That's yeah, a complete yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to prison. I've never been. I thought I didn't joke. know if you were talking. No, M, I got you. No, is the worst thing from movies. The worst thing you can do is be convicted on a uh, pedophilia charge and go yeah. to jail, because it's awful. Yeah, abuse, rape, kid, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And so, what is the safest thing to do? Is to say everyone else is, and well, not certainly not me. Point certainly not you. And if it and ever I, comes down and to I hate point, those and I hate those people and I point the figure yeah. and then you fast forward 45 years and he's pointing the finger at the TV mm-hmm. now and he's crusading on the TV and then he slides that paper over to him and he says the term from prison. Yeah. And I can't remember the, the term, but it was yeah. just like, holy moly, I understand. How do you know the term for what a pedophile is? He's in jail. Yes. Oh. He went to jail for pedophilia. Yeah. Um, and then the other interesting uh, thing that struck me was... And, well, this is important. He didn't go to jail for pedophilia. He, he went didn't. to jail for acting on it. And there's a big difference. Like, pedophilia is having the... De- oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just, just a language thing, but yeah. Yeah, he was convicted. He did it. Convicted? Yeah, or convict was convicted of, of it. Um, moving over, in the same documentary, there was a family of uh, father mother, daughter, son, who got a bunch of airtime because it was interesting to watch because the um, mother and father were very vocal about their political stance and they were QAnon believers and he was showing um, Andrew where he gets his information. And the child, the boy, who's about 10 years old, was reiterating everything his dad had said. And it was, wow, it's just like kids are sponges for the environment they grow up in was the one thing that struck me, which is he's saying all these words where he doesn't really know the meaning of Mm -hmm. um, and saying that's the reason why Hillary Clinton is taking people on their plates to go on, you know, to islands and take care of kids. And she's actually burning and eating their blood. And that's the reason why we can't have these. It's just like, holy moly macaroni. Like a smart seven-year-old. Smart seven-year-old. And then later in the documentary, if you want to take this part, because I thought you summarized it. This is our second podcast in the, in the other way, which was like, they're sitting all at the dinner table. And he says, how do you like, uh, now that your dad, after the January 6th riots, his dad had kind of disowned the community, the QAnon community. He said, how do you feel now to the kid? Um, and the kid goes, well, I just feel really bad because my dad wasted all that time out there by himself picketing in the front yard. Yeah, talking on the phone. And talking on the phone. Yeah, this was sad. So that kid, my read of this is kids do not give a damn about QAnon. They don't give a damn about politics. No. If they do, it's because they have correctly intuited that in order to get closer or align with their family, that that will do it for them. Yeah. And so when you see these kids with these climate causes or these LGBTQ causes or these QAnon causes, it's just 
I think the appropriate emotion is sadness for not being able to be interested in kid things and feel aligned with their parents. Um, and parents would say, no, we know, he just loves it. It's like, I, I'm suspicious. I don't have kids and maybe I'll change my mind one day, but I'm deeply suspicious of that. Um, this kid correctly intuited that he could get closer to his dad by, by doing this. His dad certainly felt some pride or encouragement or allowed him to come to the thing and speak to a camera. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He had a megaphone at yeah, yeah. rallies. He had a megaphone, you know? And um, the other thing that kids do, like, they're, they're dead without mom and dad. And so what he did, like all children, I think, is I have to align with my dad. My dad cannot be bad. My dad is out there not being with me in the way that I might desire him to. Maybe he's taking... Which is play totally emotionally. Yeah, and maybe... Yeah. Like, maybe I just want an emotional connection with yeah. him deeper. I just want more of more. Yeah. Um. And so rather than at the end of this documentary say, you know, how do you feel about this? Like, I'm just sad that my dad wasted all the time on them and didn't pay attention to me, which is like actual. He had to start the formation of these projecting structures and say, you know, I'm sorry that my dad had to spend all that time because he can't meet his needs directly through to with his dad. He can't like his dad. With, and this doesn't mean that he's an awful parent. I think this is very easy to do. Yeah. Because um, I didn't see any, I didn't see the dad speak in the thing. And I, I think this is quite easy to do. Didn't, clearly didn't communicate to his son that like, hey man, if you need me, you can come get me on your terms. We can go fucking do your thing. We don't have to do my thing. And you don't have to say that you're just sad for like my time being wasted. You can be sad that your time with me was wasted that i wasn't there with you yeah um and this level of heightened empathy for a parent at that age is i think indicative of codependency mm. and like that guy like me <laughs> it's gonna grow up and yeah reminded me of you hyper fucking concerned about the states of other people without realizing that what he that he connects that to getting his own need mm. um, met. And they can all they will all have different flavors and things. I'm not saying this kid is gonna do the same stuff at all that I've done or um but it is fundamentally without judgment. Uh it's a manipulative and this is a very small thing, but I like I saw the beginnings of a manipulative way of getting his needs met. Which yeah. is, I will pretend to have certain interests and trick myself into thinking that I have them. I will um, pretend that my top priority is my dad's time when it is actually my connection with my dad. I will. It's like because I cannot get those met directly, I have to give you what you want, parent, in order to get what I need from you. So we're yeah. already starting this unfortunate, which we all need to learn for moments in our lives. We need to transact with other people, but you would like that foundational relationship of parent-child to not be based on transaction, to be based on like, I'm, I, I, I had you to meet your needs. Mm. Like that's, that's why I had you was to like pour love <laughs> in, in and around you. Um, not so that we could go tit for tat in any sort of way. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know that that's, I'm not saying that that's what his dad is doing, but I think that kid has gotten that message. Yes. <laughs> um, Justin wants to play um, League of Legends. Oh, we got to go, guys. Sorry, guys. We got to go. Um, well, we can... I'll tell him. Um, <laughs> it's okay, dude. You can continue the podcast. We'll be on later. I'll tell him I'm uh, shooting a cast. Tell him, I'll tell the people, 
Justin says hi, which I'm sure he will when he types me back. Yes. Um, um, so let's see what else we got. Um, okay, I'll do some quick ones on John Mayer. Yeah. Um, Justin says invite him whenever we got to go. Okay, John Mayer. <laughs> yeah. So watched his uh, interview with Caller Daddy. Uh, first off, fascinating. The story as they tell it in the podcast is that the Caller Daddy girl, Alex Cooper, um, invited uh like was taken out to a mutual friend's dinner the night before and pitched john so effectively that he agreed to do this interview on a show which he knew would be about his dating life and i would love to do a charisma breakdown of that dinner yeah like or speak to her you know she clearly has something special because also said in that interview she's like we're like friends now and like yeah we're following each other on iphone and it didn't seem like a lie it seemed like a literal she's following his location which i was like if he did that that's one crazy i hate when people have my location maybe it was a piece of sarcasm i didn't get but that she had him there and they seemed um she seemed to have made a connection with him was quite impressive quite quickly um, oh just an interesting nuance point before you go john is notoriously doesn't want to talk about his dating life and went yeah. on a podcast about his dating yeah. life and the, which all would be revealed it's like going well, on oprah and it wasn't all would be revealed but he he did speak more about like a couple of things one he said that um there's the the image of him many years ago as being this playboy. He says that his uh, aim was always to, in a relationship, was to have it go the distance. I thought that was a clever use of words. Yeah. Which is like... Relationship? Distance? Dude, I know that you were having... I have it on good authority that you were having some random encounters that you didn't had no intention of going the distance, but fine, in all of your relationships. Yeah. The, like, okay. Um, so it was a little... Love funny, um, but things that he uh, he's a really great guest. Would love to talk to him. He's he's a fascinating speaker. A couple of key things: one, manufactured irrelevance, which was him choosing to shut down the aspects of his career that he didn't feel served him, um, and so that aspect for him was like being in the tabloids. Like he talks about how a lot of people are so afraid to give up the fame wheel because they associate it with the thing that they wanted. And he's like, the thing that I wanted when I started, that I still want today, the piece of fame that I don't want to give up is my ability to make music with anyone in the world. Mm. And he's like, I still have that. I could send a text and I could make pretty sure there's no one in the world that I couldn't make a song with, which I believe. I was like, yeah, he's fucking John Mayer. You don't want John Mayer to lay down a guitar track on your song? Like, that's amazing. And so he moved to Montana, separated from all the other stuff, made some albums that were just for him, and not just for him, but did not do as commercially well as some of his other albums. Um, and I think that that's impressive and something I want to keep in mind for you can get caught up. I mentioned D&D. Like, what is it that I'm trying to do with D&D? Um, I don't want to get stuck on is it getting the views? Because really all that I want to do is be paid to tell visual stories. You know, I don't need to be a big budget movie director, but if I could like go through my life having enough money to tell stories tell visual stories with a talented team that's a big goal but it's not like have the biggest show or any you know and so to not let that other stuff cloud which the real core of what i'm trying to do is and of course i want people to watch it i like i want to move people with it i didn't um, thought of this so he gave up something to he gave up what it seems like is dating famous women Hanging out in LA. Which he thought he would lose in his pursuit of being able to play with anybody. 
that aspect of his career was just deeply unsatisfying to him. Like oh. being on the tabloids and it's like probably yet and you can't date these famous women anymore. I don't know. Like or run in those circles or run in those circles or go to that party or do that thing. It's just like, dude, you got to go to Montana. Got to move to Montana. There's no parties there. There's no pops, no paparazzis. But, um, and I was just thinking, yeah, Meghan Markle, if she's sincere in like not liking the um, sort of things said about her, should do that. You could shut down this part of your career and you could move away, which she did, to America and you could actually manufacture irrelevance. But she won't allow that to happen. She keeps putting herself out there in that way instead of like, do another thing, start a new business, drop an album, like, you know what I mean? Do create, get on another television show as an actress, not as Meghan Markle. But she seems unwilling, despite her protestations, to let this royal saga go. Yes. Um. And, uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, he talks about retreating and recommends that uh, he says, I'm glad that I retreated at a point in my life. I was getting slammed by the repress and all this stuff and I retreated. Um, and I think that's this like stay and fight and do whatever it takes to, you know, uh, till you die is just silly. Like Elon Musk's should retreat according to him. Um, and it's like there's yeah, like Elon. I don't know. Is, is this really? Is this where free speech lives or dies? Is this your fight? Is this your highest thing? Or did you like maybe bite off more than you want to just go like leave? Oh. Um. And I don't know. Elon would have to ask himself that question. But I think a lot of successful people, like especially when it's a public facing thing, do not want to back down. Like, will they have the wrong impression of me? Or this will make them think that I'm weak? Or this? It's like yeah, but. You could just go live in Montana, be John Mayer, and live a better life. And guess what? In 10 years, nobody's going to give a fuck anyway. These people don't actually no, care about John Mayer now. They don't actually care about what you do or if they won the fight. There is no fight if you stop doing it. Let them win and go take back your life. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I know that there's elements of my life where if I'm not careful, I can get caught in that. Like, I feel it. Like, I, I do want D&D to work for very pure reasons. But, like, we had these hiccups, which I'll talk about in Patreon, if you guys want to see us at length. um, All the stuff that we learned this week from it, um, we talk about uh, very specific business learnings every single week on Patreon. And people have really enjoyed that, so you can check it out. But um, not that we're we're at that point yet. But if there comes a point where it's like, yo, this shit, like, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, it's not working. Like, is there a retreat? I think it's important that 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 I check myself and be like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you're afraid to retreat? Or are you doing this because you're like, I still have like creative belief in this. And I think that that's an important question for me to ask. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting word he used to retreat. Yeah. Fall back on. Yeah. It's just an interesting word. Well, it has negative connotation. Yeah. And he kind of reclaimed it for himself. He's like, yeah. fuck it. I'll take retreat, you know? Yeah. You could call it something else if you wanted. Yeah. Retreat's it, like a yeah. loss. In a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's and a it, lost battle. Um, anyway, so yeah, Justin is like really dying out here, so we should go play some League of Legends. If you want, join us on Patreon. Uh, we talk about uh, a lot of this, uh, what we learned this week, as well as we'll answer your patron questions. Keeps the podcast going. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us in the dungeon this week. If you guys like it, to the dungeon. I'll continue. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you think about this set. Yeah. I, I can sit here. We don't have to move the cameras. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. Thank you, guys. Peace. Peace. Until it comes.
Oops. <laughs>